Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Hey, how you doing? It's Todd from the Guitar Knobs. I got uh, Jeff Schroeder sitting here. We're backstage in Cleveland for the show tonight with Jane's Addiction. Good to see you. Yeah, man, you too. I'm going to try to keep my blood pressure down. <laughs> I'm a little overexcited here, but we're going to try to catch a little bit of, of time with Jeff before they go on tonight. It's exciting because you got a new album out. Well, it's fourth one in like <clears throat> yeah, three it, years. It's coming out, I think, April 2023, but, we're, but you're releasing the first it. single yeah, is officially single. out, Beguiled is out. And yeah on the radio and, and there's a crazy video for it and stuff. Yeah. And then Billy on his podcast has been um, really playing a new song every week. Um, and the only place that you can hear those is on the podcast. So in theory, you can probably hear four or five, six songs at this point, but right. you, have to, you have to listen to his podcast called 33. 33 yeah. podcast is called 33 and, if you want to hear yeah, the rest and, of that um, it's you know everywhere you listen to your podcast and so i think he does something like he has a guest he plays uh, a new song and talks about it um because it is technically a concept album so i think he gives a bit of the story and everything that that it's kind of based around and then some context for the song it and kind of feels like all of them are concept albums. So I mean, <laughs> but this like, one is actually there's a story, you know, okay. uh, you know. And then I think he talks about an old song too. Okay. And then, you know, so, um, so you can listen to a bunch of the new stuff on on that podcast. Awesome. Now you have you're doing a couple songs tonight. Um, is there anything? Are those just the first ones out, or are they specifically? Um, I think you know. The reason we're playing those songs is one obvious. We're playing Beguiled. It's the single, so right. that's we have which play. is an absolute um, yeah banger. Empires is another. Um, it's actually you know another song we're playing. I think mm -hmm. maybe the other stuff was picked because it fits well with the general set that we're doing. They they integrate quite well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite to play? Can you say that? Um, <laughs> I really like playing Empires and Beguiled, and I like playing Beguiled too. They're they're both really fun songs to play. Yeah. Just on as a guitar player, they're just fun riffs to play. Heads down. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Empires is uh, has a little more movement to the riff, and then Beguiled is cool because it's just like 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 old school Judas Priest or something, just chucking on the yeah. On the cool. It's it's nice to swing back yeah. around to that, which you know, <clears throat> Pumpkins does such a great job of this. Is like. You know, you'll do you'll do a handful of songs, and and now we're in like wispy dreamland, you know, yeah. the future. And then you come right back around, and and you get songs like or like tarantula and stuff yeah, like that. You're yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah, and I think you know something like Empires is not too dissimilar to something that would have been on Zeitgeist yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you are also playing a couple new guitars. Yeah. Um, I started actually even on the last tour that we did in May, but on this tour I'm playing a lot of um, mostly actually using the new like like series, the new version of the Revstar, which is um, has some updated features. The body's actually a bit bigger, um, a little bit. So if you hold them sideways, you notice that actually the body's bigger. I feel like the neck is actually set in a little bit more. Um, 
So like the, a deeper cut, so you can get lower. No, it's in not. A, it's not a, the deeper cut, but the neck is set in farther, so the balance is actually better. It, you know, the old original ones tend to be neck heavy. Yeah, yeah. And so the new ones, they've kind of made the balance a little more ergonomic, and and so playing the guitar feels a lot better. Um, what else? Um, all the guitars that I'm playing, whether they're the the professional or the standard, I believe, is one is made in one series is made in Japan, the other's um, built in Indonesia, which are they're identical except the Japanese one has these kind of some type of metal rods by the bridge set oh, into the body, really, which is supposed to be like a a tonal thing. Um, but other than that, all the hardware, the pickups, the types of woods. The stainless steel frets, the tuners, everything is identical. Um, and honestly, the the craftsmanship and the construction, it, it's like I wouldn't be able to tell one from the other. So unless you can How's hear those, t- same too. So unless you can tell the titanium rods, <laughs> if you can hear those, um, we'll, we'll be listening for them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know the t- <laughs> the titanium. Um, but the weight of the guitar, I would say they're still, because they're a little bit thinner, so they're lighter than a Les Paul. Yeah. And a little bit thicker than an SG. So kind of in between. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, and a lot of the new guitars have a standard, like, tinematic style bridge. So definitely has more of that kind of less polished type of thing. But it, the guitars definitely have their own unique sound. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they feel different than playing, um, like, a Gibson. They definitely have their own feel. And... And the the new ones also have these really cool, even though they have like say two humbuckers, it has a five position switch. So the kind of the four and the two position are these really cool. I don't know if they're out of phase, but they're kind of split pickup kind of sound. So you can actually get these really beautiful chimey cleans that you wouldn't normally think you would get out of a, a dual humbucker kind of guitar. Um, but kind of the main one I'm playing um, is one that originally had P90s, and it sounded really great with the P90s, but being on these stages and kind of different power from day to day and having the video screen, I'm, I'm always a little weary of using single coil pickups because sure. one day they're great and the next day it's like crazy 60 cycle hum and sometimes it makes the guitar unusable. So um, I took those out and I put in these mini humbuckers hmm. and they're made by uh, my friend Chris who owns Black Cat Guitars in Boston. Right. And they are the most incredible mini humbuckers I've ever heard. And I'm I'm a, and I'm, and and I'm actually a big fan of mini humbuckers. I have a 72 Les Paul Deluxe that I really love and um that has mini humbuckers and um Done right, they're a great pickup. Done wrong, they look cool too. Yeah, they look, they do. <laughs> I love them when they're set into the P90 casing. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it is a really bitchin' look. And, uh, you know, it's so weird the little things. Just it like... lo- no, it looks, re- no, no, I know. It, it just, it does. It looks really cool. And, um, yeah, so I have that in my main E natural right. guitar, and I play that on Empires, Today, Seer, Starla. So I use it a lot on the kind of the front half of this set, and it's an incredible sounding guitar. And that's a you know an Indonesian one too, but it mm. plays and sounds phenomenal. I you know I can't I can't say enough about those uh, those guitars and those pickups that Chris makes are really special. I mean they sound 
really great distorted and but they sound well you're not like, the first person who's brought that up yeah in, in a couple in the last couple of months so i think we're gonna have to try to get them on the show yeah you should definitely have yeah. them on the show and then that but they sound phenomenal clean like it's like the best clean sound too and um and you're kind of really going clean into your effects or or um i mean you know, different. You know, on this tour, I actually added. I have a Analog Man Bino Boost, oh. which is old school, like a Dallas Arbor line driver. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Much obliged. Hey, thanks a, for the extra push on these. Intrusion from Doug Goodman, our tour. Yeah, that guy's amazing. <laughs> we were talking about all the cool tours he's been on and reminiscing about dates and all kinds. Oh of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, but uh, as I was saying on this tour, I'm using, I added uh, the Beano Boost, which is like a, a line driver, um, which is like the yeah. Range Master clone, basically. But these are special ones that um, Mike made for, he made one for me, made one for Billy, that has these new old stock Matt Mullard germanium transistors. Um, that I think you can maybe order on the website, but it's it's not like the stock one comes with something different, and these are yeah. like like the special ones. And and he made he, you know he made one for me, like I said, made made one for me, one for Billy. And we're both using it, and that's anytime I'm playing a lead, that that's on. And I don't actually have that in my rack because it's germanium, so I have it basically right, right after my wah. And because it, it wants to see natural guitars, it doesn't want to see anything buffered. So if you're hitting anything digital or that's been buffered, yeah. it's not going to Not on like yeah. a treble booster or fuzz or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you got to have it. Because, yeah, I mean, essentially it is like a treble booster, line driver treble booster. Yeah. But this one has three positions, low, mid, and high. And I kind of keep it just in the middle. It kind of works, works best that way. But other than that, you know, I just turn that on for leads. Is everything beyond that... Is, all, is it all Helix? No, 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 no. I mean, Helix, I'm still only, in this band, I only use just for effects. And so my um, on this, starting last year, our last tour, which I guess was last spring in May, um, I started for the for using Rev amps. So I'm using That's the right. Generator 120s, Mark, the Mark III version. I think it was the third iteration of mm -hmm. it. And fantastic heads i yeah. mean it's so great i actually have like kind of a <clears throat> fairly crazy setup now i mean but it seems simple to me but you know so i you know have whatever the few pedals on the ground then i go into helix which is kind of does all the effects and signal routing yeah and i have the, the yeah and i have and the preamp of the head in a loop of helix oh. and so i can put the amp anywhere in the signal chain that i want so I can have some effects before going into the amp, and then I can have some things like post the preamp, like if I want like a big delay or a reverb or something like that, I can have that afterwards. And then after it goes back out of Helix, back into the power section of the head, mm -hmm. you know, and which is kind of a you know um, a fairly traditional way to um, you, you know basically using the amp's effects loop. Yeah, and then it goes both to a cabinet and I'm going actually now to a two notes captor X. That's what I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so using. I'm using that and in the captor yeah. X, I'm, which is kind of a proprietary impulse response. Yeah. You can't load any 
impulse response. You have to use theirs because they yeah. have a, a certain way of crunching the numbers and stuff. Yeah. But it, they sound phenomenal, really great. And so <clears throat> I go into one of those, and I'm using a Friedman 4x12 cabinet with vintage 30s. In my real cabinet um, is a Marshall with vintage 30s. When you say you're real, oh, so oh, so I'm running. I'm both. tracking now in the Captrix. You've got the cab sim. I'm running a real cabinet and a real cab. A real cab, a Marshall four x twelve, nineteen sixty cab, you right. know, the stand with vintage thirties, and then I'm also running the two notes Captor X with like a digital impulse response emulation of a Friedman four twelve with the vintage thirties <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with a fifty seven and four twenty one. But honestly, everything that you hear out front and it like what I hear in my ears and what the whole band hears is only the Captor Rex with the the live cabinet is just for a backup okay but we even have a backup of the Captor Rex okay. so, so, <laughs> yeah and then I'm also using um I th I can't remember the company but Trace my guitar tech um found this thing for me and it's called the juice extractor it's a oh. tube di okay. and so out of the Captor X, because I go back into a full analog tube DI that then goes to monitors in front of house. So my last bit of my signal is there's only analog signal. There's a test after this. If anybody can map this out, yeah, you, so even I'll, though I'll give I am, you something. <laughs> even though I am running some digital stuff, any signal that actually goes to, to the front of house is, is analog by the end. Man, that's... It's just, it's crazy because having the Captor X in there with all of this stuff that you, that you have, which is also a piece of gear that me and a bunch of our listeners are just like, that's in our house. Yeah, 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 and That's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, they're phenomenal, great. What turned you on to that? Um, well, the, the, actually the Rev Generator 120 heads have one built in. And so I started using that in conjunction, but out of here on the road, you always want to have alleviate like potential problems. So <clears throat> because I didn't want to have like, oh, say for some God forbidden reason, the Captor X and the head went out, then I'd have to use a different head. And I'm really become fond of like one head in particular, even though they sound honestly pretty similar, but you know, no two heads sound exactly the same. Sure. And so I really like using the one. I didn't want to be like, well, if that goes out, I don't want to have to switch heads. I'd rather just switch the Captor X. So right. we started using the external. Hmm. Just says it's kind of a, a safety net. And the external has honestly has like a few more features that the one built in doesn't have. The external one has a few extra knobs mm -hmm. on the front end that you can kind of fine-tune the sound just a little bit but they're essentially the same i mean i didn't really notice when i started using the external i didn't really notice any sound difference right yeah wow That's but, it, but honestly the captor x is is great because i think you probably just sold about another hundred of those <laughs> it's yeah it's phenomenal because you can really fine-tune the cabinet sound yeah and um like where, you know, we roll like a tiny bit of high end off the... Without it being like absurdly complex. No, where you no, get lost no, in a yeah. sea of like, oh my gosh. But you can, you know, really sit there and 
and you know, after when we're doing production, Hurst could really sit there and go, okay, today I'm gonna bring the 57 down one dB and turn it 8% off axis. Yeah. But you could then go through and really go, like, wow, that's, that's it, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And um, when I would go and li listen to what my guitar sounds like through front of house, because I don't know, maybe listeners may or may not know this, but most of the time, a band at our level, we're recording everything on Pro Tools, every rehearsal, every sound check, every show. So I can actually go and hear what my guitar sounds like through the PA. And it's shocking, like this sound through the, what's coming out of the captor that with the head and the helix, it sounds like studio guitar, not like typical live guitar. It sounds right. so dialed in and pristine. It's really like next level stuff. So I've never been happier. We were just outside talking about this actually you're doing a lot of the major textural elements. Yeah. A lot of the time I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're doing, oh. We're doing an interview right now. Hello, James. Now. <laughs> James just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, most of the time I am um, a lot of, well, sometimes I'm, I'm doubling Billy's rhythm parts, but you know, like Billy's rig is actually extremely simple. Even though if you looked at it, it looks common because he's actually using four different heads. So he's using a head switcher, using four heads into one cabinet. Oh. So that's instead of using channel switching heads, he's just literally using four heads. Wow. Right? Like his clean, medium, and then like two dirty heads, right. you know, but only one at a time. But he only has actually four pedals. Like he doesn't really have hardly any pedals. You know, that's, so, so all the bigger remarkable. textural stuff, either I, yeah. me and, you know, and actually James have yeah. to, to do all that. Yeah. Do, Certainly do, not skid, discounting what James is yeah, doing. Yeah. Do we all doing all those things? Cause you know, Billy sound is actually very just kind of raw Yeah, because you know, he's, you know, he's kind of holding down the fort on a lot of those, right. those wrists. And then he just kind of needs like a, like a super jacked up lead sound. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing that. And then you, you were, yeah. I remember you mentioning in, in a previous one where you were getting you're really excited about the, like the the challenge of, of can I make my guitar sound as good or better than a synth? Yeah, to a degree, not all the time, but you know. Yeah, and that's you know, why now even using something like, um, you know, using Helix is actually in the way that it's routed. I can actually even bypass the real amp, and I can only use stuff. Like I could use fuzz into like straight into the board kind of sounds and mm -hmm. stuff too, which is, you know, sounds, you know, a lot, can, uh, if you use that with certain types of effects can sound a lot like a synth. Yeah. Cause you get the, really that square wave type of, of sound, you know, where amp kind of, even if you have a square wave, like a fuzz that uses that type of sound, once it goes into an amp, it kind of reshapes it, Yeah. you know, and you get a little bit, if you go, if you try running a fuzz DI into the board, it's it's like a crazy sound, almost uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. Now and then use that with the Sustainiac. <laughs> you really, you're really in kind of synth land. It's sure. really fun. Yeah. Most of the people who are listening, if they have a set that they're playing at whatever level, they get really excited when a particular song or a particular section of a song comes in, and and it feels like, you know, sort of like the the twelve year old kid kind of thing you know <laughs> yeah. do you have an, a particular element where you hit that um i mean honestly like playing like us like it's i'm always 
I love playing that song, Eye of the Morning. It's like, I love that song. But then we played Cherub Rock right afterwards. And that song, after that intro, when all three of us kick in the big distortion, yeah. you know, on the intro. And the people melt it's, every it's time. Just, right. It's awesome every <laughs> night. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, that's fun. As a fan, that's really cool to hear. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the last thing you want, you know, it's like, don't meet your heroes. And don't ask people to tell you about the thing that you really like. Because yeah. they'll probably hate it, you know, or something like that. But so that's... That's actually, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, like for me, just to be able to be up there playing guitar, playing arenas, like it it really doesn't get any better. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have been able to play, I know I've, I've even played a few stadiums, you know, not as much as the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but, you know what I mean? Well, you've done some things where you can't even see the Yeah, audience. yeah. Like, you know, like, I played, obviously, so a lot of festivals, stuff, stuff, but I love, like, like when your standard gig a lot you know becomes like wow you're playing the arena every night it's it's just awesome like from everything of like there's a certain energy the arena show has an energy that no other type of show has even if they're bigger or smaller but, it's contained yeah it's, it's like it's, disney if it's, it's like being yeah. at disneyland versus being at, at, at like yeah. a fair or something everything's all figured out and you're there you don't you don't get a view to anything else and it's you know we all have like those fantasies of like, oh my God, like I would love to see, have seen like you two in a club or I want to see like the who are, you know, actually in, you know, one time Billy and I went and saw Kiss at the Whiskey in LA, you know, and it's a tiny place. Yeah. And you think it's going to be incredible and, and it is to us, but, but part of it's like, you realize like, oh, I would much rather be seeing Kiss yeah. in an arena with all yeah. the explosions and the sound and like right. they're kind of built their show was really built for that and well, i think pumpkins is very much like i mean it's a big our gear like we, we did like machine. two yeah we did two club shows right before this tour and you know i had some fans but they said it was incredible like but for me i feel like our rigs and stuff are not really built for that small of a space they're built for like for, for the big yeah. show and so um yeah, I like so to me this is like the perfect like size. It's play. not so big that you can't connect. Yeah. And it's not so small that you're like this is, maybe I'm not getting the full show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just exciting. Yeah. It's just a certain excitement. I, I never get tired of walking out in that first like you hit the first note, it's just like bam, you're rocking. You're That's in. Awesome. It's just like a certain energy. It's cool. Um, now you're obviously playing with Jane's Addiction. Um, it's had a couple setbacks, but fortunately <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're here, here tonight. tonight. They're here I'm tonight. So excited yeah, about they're... that. And you have Troy up there, uh -huh. Troy Van Leeuwen. Do you get to watch? Have you talked about guitars and gear and stuff? Um, we haven't talked shop too much. Um, I've you know got to watch some sound check. So you're talking about a super band? <laughs> the future is that? <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 you know. It's Dave Navarro's signature on the sound. You know, absolutely can't be. I mean, he wrote the parts sure. that, that Troy's playing. Um, and, you know, and that, and actually hearing someone else play them and interpret them really made me realize, like, how unique of a player Dave is. And But Troy definitely is a big enough player himself to where, and I think that's why they chose someone like him, is that he could come in and, and 
and play it, which you could find a lot of people out there in the world that could play the, the, the riffs. Yeah. But you have to be able to play it and then own it and then kind of do your own thing with it for it to be believable. So it doesn't right. sound like a cover band. Yeah. You know, so, it's, yeah. so it sounds. And his vibe is a little more, his sound and his vibe is a little more raw in your face. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, it almost sounds, it really highlights to me, like what I hear when I hear them play with Troy is it highlights the real Zeppelin-y kind of influence that was that's in that early Jane's music. Yeah, you know, because I think he plays a little more less hot LA metal guitar yeah. player like Dave, which you know me, I love. Yeah, that. I love. I'm I mean, big, he kind of. I mean, yeah, yeah. He certainly was instrumental in creating that entire yeah. like. Yeah, thing. and Troy's a little more like heavy Jimmy Page. Yeah with a little more sonics you know yeah. because he, he has a cool and, it's, and a lot of weird dark stuff yeah he has like, a lot of cool pedals and yeah, yeah yeah and so it's really bitching That's i mean cool. I, and you know so besides with him i think really too now that you have eric avery back yes and, and wrote he, most of the early stuff exactly so hearing the guy who wrote the riffs yeah. play the riffs and really he's the driving force of the band in a certain way. And sure. so it's, I mean, I'll tell you from every night, the crowd reaction, people are fucking blown away. Yeah. It's rocking. They're, it's so good. It's yeah. like, it's, it's amazing. Well, and you know, we're roughly the same age yeah. and both of us are from Southern California. Yeah. Era, and there wasn't anything, I mean, they're, they're, no, they're that, so important to that seeing everything knowing that era and then sharing stages and stuff has got to be it's crazy because even with someone like troy and i've never even had a chance to tell him this you know um but you know because i was i started playing i graduated high school in 1992 and so i started playing hollywood clubs in that summer or that fall, basically. Mm-hmm. By the time I graduated, I joined a band that was art with guys that could, they were just a little bit older than me, so they were already playing. And so I started got to play all those clubs. And so I started hanging out and becoming part of that, you know, that music scene there. And um, there's that band that I used to see all the time, that band from LA called Failure, mm-hmm. which, you know, they've kind of gotten bigger more recently. But at the time, they were signed, they were putting out records, but they were not really that known. And then they had the, the one album, Fantastic Planet, um, that started to do a little bit well. They had, you know, K-Rock, the local radio station, um, was playing the single Stuck on You. And so they were kind of doing bigger tours and they added a, a second guitar player. They were normally a trio and they added a second guitar player and it was Troy. And he was just a local LA guitar player, I guess, at the time. And I, it took me a long time to like, Realize like years later, I'm like, wait a second, that guy was, yeah, like, you know, I saw him, everything. Yeah, together. I saw him at, you know, there was this cool club called the Opium Den yep. in L.A. <laughs> and I, and I remember seeing Failure there in a room, you know, not much bigger than this whole space. And um, yeah, so I think him and I kind of came from that same, um, you know, yeah. a lot, like listening to a lot of the same bands, I'm yeah. sure. And yeah. coming up, um, I, you know, um, with a similar set of influences. So I know for him playing with Jane's is pretty cool. Cause yeah. I think, cause he gets it. He gets the vibe. Cause yeah, he was, yeah, cause I'm it's sure. not just the songs. You have to, you have yeah. to understand what the soul of yeah. not only the, the band is, but what the history is and the connection to the people. 
And, and honestly, to be up there with Perry, Eric, and Stephen Perkins and all the <laughs> chaos up there, you got to have a strong enough personality yeah. to to own your part of the stage, and he certainly does. So it's That's you know, cool. yeah, you know, all the respect from me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you also have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think about. I mean, as my you know, Pumpkins is you know, every band has its own energy, mm-hmm. and you know, to go and fit into another band's energy isn't easy. Yeah, yeah, solid. Well, yeah. Jeff, I know you got to get on stage here pretty soon, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, wrap things up. Um, I really appreciate you. Oh, of course. No, talking. I'm glad we got I, to I do this because you know I love doing it. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I and, figured uh, before the show is. It just afterwards would be too chaotic. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, anyways, have a great show. Break a leg. What do you guys? Is it a break a leg thing or is it a great show? A break a leg is good. Break right? a leg. Yeah. All right, do that. <laughs> well, that was my interview with Jeff Schroeder of uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, and I gotta say the the show they put on was nothing short of fantastic, and Jane's Addiction just killed it. So thanks so much to Jeff for sharing his time before the show uh, with all of us as a music fan and a guitar gear enthusiast. It is always a treat to talk to him. I would also like to give an enormous thank you to Doug Goodman, the tour manager, and all the staff that was just incredibly kind and helpful to us. They took great care of us and made us feel special, and we really did appreciate it. Please, if you have the chance, get out and see this show. It is truly an amazing show. Thank you all for listening. Have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.